0: You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh.: My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate this Mass for those involved in humanitarian organisations. What have today's scripture readings for us all? who are leaders and collaborators in serving those who are marginalized, those who are in need, and those who are poor. My dear brothers and sisters, the scripture readings today flows from yesterday's reading especially in the selection of a king. In those days, Israel was ruled by judges. They were primarily spiritual leaders. But of course, they were also involved in the governance of the people as well. And some were even military warriors. But it was not a suitable situation for the Israelites. Because it appeared that the enemies were much stronger. And so the Israelites appealed to Samuel to give them a king like the rest of the nations. And Samuel was annoyed because Israel had only one king and that was Yahweh. Yahweh was the commander of the army. There could be no other king. Judges were appointed by Yahweh. Judges were people who were spiritually, supposedly, to be connected with God. And that is why Samuel discouraged them from getting a king. But they were not listened Even then, when the king was appointed in those days, the king was now more a military warrior to defend the country from foreign enemies. He was a political leader in terms of governance and became a symbolic, spiritual leader, but not directly. They still have that spiritual authority because the kings, they are the anointed ones replacing the judges to act in the place of God. Unfortunately, when the king had to be so involved in mundane affairs, in secular affairs, the king, although supposedly to be a spiritual representative of God, Forgets, And very often The kings in Israel They neglected God In their life And that is why In fact all the kings of Israel Practically everyone They were bad kings They were wicked kings That is why Samuel warned the people, don't have a king. Because the king will rule you, will take your sons and daughters, will take your property, your wealth for himself. But they would not listen. So today's first reading actually is the attempt of the author to show the consequences of choosing an earthly king. Instead of relying on Yahweh, and how did the people choose the king? We are told that Saul was handsome and tall and belongs to a family of ranks, which means to say Saul came from an influential family and he was tall important because to fight the philistines the philistines they were tall people so they need to have a warrior enough to be able to fight the philistines and he was handsome of course we are always impressed by looks and they chose him it was the biggest mistake And that is the reason. And that is how many of us, we choose leaders. We're impressed by the physique, impressed by their intellectual power. We're impressed by eloquence. But that is not the way God chooses leaders. Remember, when David was chosen, God said, you look at the external. God looks at the heart. And God allowed Saul to be chosen in order to let the people know it was a bad choice. To trust in earthly kings. And so what happened to Saul? He was spiritually unfit to be a shepherd. In today's first reading, he was asked to look for some lost sheep. He couldn't find them, actually. In the end, the sheep came back on their own. Already, the author is saying he would be an incompetent shepherd. Can't even find the few lost sheep that the father sent him out for. Secondly, we are told that Saul was spiritually blind. He lost the sheep It was a servant actually Who said To Saul Let us go and look for the seer And Samuel was A well known judge Everybody knew him But Saul did not recognize him He didn't even recognize Samuel When he saw him And when he saw Samuel He wanted to Pay him to give him information about the lost ship. Profits are not paid. He wants to buy the service of Samuel. Thirdly, Saul was humanly immature, effectively, psychologically. He had no human maturity to lead his people. Because why? Saul was an insecure person, a paragon of insecurity. He didn't even trust his own son, Jonathan. He said an unworthy son. David was slaving for him. And he didn't trust David because David became too popular. So when he came back from killing Goliath, instead of feeling happy for the country, he was jealous, envious, and he wanted to kill David from that day onwards. The chief priest, Ahimelech, he was with him, he was supporting him. He thought he was a traitor. And he killed him. Saul was a very insecure man. Insecure leader. That is why at the end of the day, the kingdom was taken away from him. Instead of regarding all these people as his collaborators, he was too blind because of his insecurity to see who are the really good leaders that God has sent to him. In the end, he and his family were killed by the Philistines. If only he teamed up with David, his kingdom would have been spared and he would have remained king. My dear brothers and sisters, in today's gospel, we have the same situation. The religious leaders... they were also spiritually blind. They were so preoccupied with keeping the laws so meticulously that they excluded everyone else. That's why the term Pharisee means the separated ones. So all those common people were considered sinners. A sinner is not necessarily one who commits sins. A sinner is one who cannot observe every oral tradition of the basic law of the Ten Commandments. And the scribes and Pharisees elaborated these laws to minor details, concrete details, specific details. And people who are poor, people who were poor in those days, they had to mix with the Gentiles. Because if you mix mix with the Gentiles, you are excluded from worship So all the poor people were excluded from worship. Only the rich, only the powerful. And if you were tax collectors, of course, you are the most hated person. Like St. Matthew, Levi. That is why when Jesus calls St. Matthew, what was he doing? And among his own apostles, There were revolutionaries. They could not stand a tax collector. And Jesus could call Levi to be his apostle. The religious leaders were exclusive. They did not welcome the poor, the sick, the sinners, the marginalized. That's why Jesus told those Pharisees who complain, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I did not come to call the virtuous, but sinners. Jesus, as a leader, is always inclusive. He came for the ordinary people, not for the elite. He came for the poor. He came for those who were marginalized. He came for those people who were considered nobody in society. He came for those who were condemned sinners. Jesus was one with them. And he was reaching out to them. Not to the religious leaders, but to them. Because Jesus' leadership is very inclusive He has a heart for those who are oppressed. He has a preferential option, in other words, for the poor and the suffering. This is the kind of leadership. This is the kind of attitude every person who is involved in humanitarian organizations, and even if you are not involved, should adopt. Being inclusive in our approach. Supporting especially those who are weak in society, those who are vulnerable. And therefore, when we come for this karitasmas, whether we are leaders, whether we are collaborators, there are a few important points we need to learn. Firstly, is the work we do inclusive? it's very important, and I keep on emphasizing, inclusivity means we work as one. Unity in mission. That's why all the humanitarian organizations under Caritas, under Caris, must work together. There should be no competition. It should be mutual empowerment. But if you are only caring for your organization, then you are like Saul, insecure. Inward-looking at the Pharisees not going out. That kind of leadership would destroy the organization and it would deprive the poor of our services. We are all different. Precisely, Caritas and Caris, we have many affiliated bodies, because no one can ever reach to everyone on his own. We need as many organisations as possible to attend to the specific needs of the community. Inclusivity, collaboration, but it also means to say inclusivity not just among organisations, Inclusivity also in leadership, it means to say, we have to make sure that our team works together. In my office, everyone is equal. Let me tell you first. In my office, every staff is equal. Even my domestic helper is treated with the same respect and love as I give to the HOD, head of departments. Everyone is equal, different responsibilities And that is how we create community, that is how we build family, empowering and reaching each other. Then we can serve together, effectively. Secondly, it's important for us that when we are looking for leaders, we must look for leaders, first and foremost, human maturity. That means to say, emotionally, psychologically mature. If you have a leader who lacks human maturity, the leader can be very smart, very intelligent, very hardworking, he will destroy everybody because of his insecurity, because of his fears. And that will be destructive. So it's not enough to find a leader that is very intelligent, very good at organization, but a leader must be one who is humanly mature. And that is a problem for us today. There are some people who say, Oh, no, Bishop, I'm so intelligent, I've got so many degrees, I should be a leader, I want to be a priest. Yeah, you can, but you're emotionally, psychologically immature. You will cause more problems for the community. Thirdly, a leader. And all of us, in fact, we need to be spiritually connected to God. That's why those of us who are involved in humanitarian organizations, if we do not pray as we serve, we are in trouble. We will be like Saul. Saul, instead of consulting God, he went to consult a witch at Enoch. He was involved in all these mediums because he had no faith in God. So it's very important, my dear brothers and sisters, that we who are involved in humanitarian organization, we must put our house in order. God first. Prayer life first. And then we can talk about service. Then we can talk about empowerment. My dear brothers and sisters, this is my wish for Caritas, for Caris. We need to work together. We need to have good leaders, but we need to have good leaders who will help everybody to find their potentials. Let us pray for the same gift of Jesus. He chose Levi, stupid leader. But he saw in Levi a great apostle evangelist. No one could see the goodness in him. But Jesus read the heart of Levi. He was searching for God. He was searching for meaning in life. He got plenty of money. He was searching for meaning in life. And Jesus called him, gave him that meaning. From now on, you don't just make money. From now on, you become fishers of men. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.